Good morning, Bears. You got what you wanted. Yesterday, the NASDAQ closed down more than 20% from its record high on November 19th, officially putting the index in a bear market. The Dow closed down more than 10% from its high. That's a correction. We have nickel and wheat and all the commodities trading like meme stocks. Oil jumped to its highest price since 2008. Gas prices just broke an all-time record. The national gas price average in the U.S. has never been $4.17. Time to buy a Tesla. Uh, but if we, if we know anything about history, when oil spikes and gas prices are up and inflation is high, the thing that comes next is a recession. And that means that stocks get killed. And unfortunately, J-Pow's not gonna be there to rescue us this time. He can't, because the only thing he can do is drop interest rates, which are already at zero, and he's gonna be raising those rates because that's the only thing he can do to lower inflation. And his job is to worry about the economy and inflation and not the stock market or keeping your 401k in the green. So what's an investor to do? Today on Dumb Money, we're going to reveal how we are hedging our portfolios. <laughs> We are Dumb Money. Three friends who turned $30,000 into $30 million using nothing more than Twitter and a zero commission trading account. The suits that work on Wall Street, they call those people the smart money. That's not us. Our goal is to help level the playing field for everyday investors. We are Dumb Money. Hey there, Dave here along with Chris and Jordan. We are Dumb Money. Welcome to Dumb Money Live. Um, I do need to get you all to hit the like button this morning, which is not easy when it's all gloom and doom. So I do want to give you a fun fact that you can take comfort in while you're smashing that like button. The, uh, it, and it's this tweet that uh, Chris actually sent me this morning. The 13% drawdown that we've seen year to date in the S&P 500 is actually right in line with the median drawdowns we've seen since 1928. And then if we scroll, this chart shows you that the, uh, all of the year end returns. So there is a little hope in these volatile times, but uh, I'm, not, I'm not too, too hopeful. Chris Jordan, how are you guys holding up? Um, I'm finally, I think, at a place where I can probably sleep through the night. Um, and I really think that's what this episode's really about. Um, so, you know, we've been trading for, I don't know, I've been trading for three decades, been through a lot of these situations, and I've learned my lesson the hard way multiple times. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and I've gotten to a point where... You know, and, and I think this is different for everyone. I want to make this clear. Financial advisors, you guys know that by now. Like our risk is very different. Risk tolerance is different yours, right? Um, so this is not financial advice, but the way that I think about times like this um, are that I, I need to be comfortable with every theoretical scenario that can play out. And we talk about this all the time, right, guys? We, we run scenarios for every moment in time that we're in and so in my head, I have like half a dozen likely scenarios. We've talked about them on this show of how this can end or not end. The whole Russia-Ukraine war uh, happening at the same time as, you know, the inflationary event that we're dealing with globally uh, happening at the same time as the supply chain issue we're dealing with globally uh, happening at the same time uh, as we're all concerned about the Fed and their inability to really, um, you know, uh, manhandle markets like they had been the last couple of years. Well, and, and, and I think so, I'm more concerned about the Fed and inflation and all of that than I am about the war. The war is, it's just terrible and also terrible timing for the market. But, but Dave, it's an accelerant on stuff that's other stuff that's happening. And I think the reality is if you run all the scenarios and we talked about this last, I think it was last episode, 
there are one or two scenarios that are really bad, right? Like, like really bad. Like, you know, potentially another 10 or 20 or theoretically more than 20% drop from here, significant, right? Mm -hmm. And so I am not willing to take those drawdowns right now with the way my portfolio is structured, which has led to this $5 million short position that didn't happen overnight. Like I, 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 I and this is why I wanna have this show because I wish I would have put this position on two weeks ago, three weeks ago, because if you think about it- yeah, Don't we really all? No like if you look back at it, we, I don't think we were thinking clearly about the potential for, you know, do we see a rosier future in the next two weeks or a less rosy two weeks ago? Well, like, and, it's and, not and I'm, I'm starting your, to wonder, is is it too late to put a hedge on? You, you could have your predictions, Dave, but at the end of the day, you have to hedge your bets against every single scenario. And the big question everyone has to ask themselves now is what are you willing to give up in terms of upside to protect your downside. And that question is so incredibly important. I ask that to myself every single day. And I finally came to the realization that in my primary liquid trading account, because you know, like this is where we're not financial advisors, right? Because we have massive private portfolios. I'm invested in 65 private companies, right? So like I have high risk there, high reward, high risk bets, on early stage companies, pre-IPO companies, right? We've been making those bets for years. I also have private businesses I'm in that are really high risk. So when I think about my liquid portfolio right now, the thing that I find most precious is the ability to continue to make high conviction bets when I come across them. And I know for a fact that there are some major high conviction bets that I want to make at some point in the next year We'll talk about them later. Travel, uh, like just social arm. I can't make those high conviction bets if I lose 40 to 50% of my portfolio from here. I can't afford to do that. So even if I lose, because think about it, here's the scenario where I lose, the scenario where I really get toasted is if Putin either comes out at some point in the next few weeks when the markets close and says, hey, we have a peace deal. I'm willing to withdraw now. We, we, they they just make an announcement, right? That like, like, hey, we found the deal that we can all live with, or at least like something comes out to hint that they're very close to a deal, and the market shoots up like five or six or seven percent overnight, right? Like that is a that's the risk, and I lose out on realistically not five or six percent because my portfolio is such where if that were to happen, I would lose out on like 10%, right? Because I'm in stocks like, you know, Amazon that are, you know, high beta stocks. These are stocks that are gonna go up more or go down more than the market. So am I willing to lose that five to seven to 8% snap, that initial snap in that scenario where the market pops back really, really hard? Am I willing to lose that to ensure that I'm not going to get completely destroyed if this thing continues to slowly grind down, because what we're seeing guys is a market that you, you see, it's like every day and then we get a small pop and it's every day. This can continue. Jordan, would you agree with energy prices? They don't have to go higher, right? They don't have to go higher. They could even go lower and it's still be in monstrously bad headwind 
for the global economy, right? Like, and everything we're dealing well, with right I mean, now. So it's a, it just impacts the consumer mostly, right? And so anything that they're going to spend money on, um, like going to a restaurant or going, um, you know, buying that pair of shoes or that, you know, pair of pants or whatever, um, it, it's an impact, right? And so, and, and it's not just that, it's also businesses. And so we've seen Amazon take a hit, um, Chris, and I think we were talking last night, and you think that the biggest reason that it's taking a hit is because the price of their logistics is going to go up with added fuel costs. And so it's going to affect And they can't everything. raise prices. But Amazon, right. like if you're a logistics company, you could raise prices on your clients. If you're a airline, you could raise prices to adjust for fuel. Amazon can't just instantly say, oh, by the way, you know, we're charging an extra xyz for shipping beyond a certain extent it's really difficult for them to pull, pull off platinum you know platform wide so yeah. they're kind of in a they might be the bit one of the biggest losers to high energy costs that nobody yeah. was thinking about right until recently and i, I follow like, a lot of amazon bulls on twitter and they are all just beside themselves they can't figure out what's going on with amazon and i think that's a really good theory um you know why they were down five percent yesterday or six percent yeah I, I'm just saying, guys, well, like and, when you and run in three over months, the worst down 20, 24 percent almost. Yeah, I, I mean, if Putin is willing to torch the world and I don't mean with nukes necessarily, but if he's willing, if he's willing to try to take the world down, even if they're going to get hurt worse in Russia, he just doesn't <laughs> care. Right. He's so insulated. If he's willing, yeah, I don't think to it's that. This, I think he's just dead set on getting control of Ukraine, right? So he wants them to be another Belarus or you know, um, just somewhere that they get a little bit of padding from the rest of Western Europe. So, and so that's let's talk about what we're going to do. Play to, out in days. Yeah, we have we have to model all these scenarios. But what are we doing? How are, how are we hedging? I okay. So so for me, you know, we talked about this. I, I don't want to take tax hits on you know tra like Amazon. I've been in since like two hundred bucks a share. I'm not going to sell. Yeah. 30% of my Amazon, then pop back in because I'm taking a tax hit there. The same goes with yeah. a bunch of my other holdings. So In, in a way, I, it's I, like I the, the stock can go down 30% and you're still doing better than selling, paying the taxes, and then rebuying, right? Yeah. So he, here's the trades that I made. I, 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 I'm short about $3.5 million of SPY, and I'm short about $1.5 of QQQ. Uh, I, I should actually be more short QQQ than SPY. That's a mistake on, on my part. Um, but that that's my primary hedge. I'm also shorting Royal Caribbean uh, cruise lines, which, you know, I hate doing that. Cruisers are going to cruise. But um, I, I, I'm short Royal Caribbean. This is, that's It's really a short-term play, by the way. Um, I'm then uh, also short uh, Spirit Air because I felt that Spirit Air, out of all the airlines, was probably one that was, you know, maybe the least likely to have, uh, you know, price elasticity in their ability to kind of combat uh, fuel prices. That's worked <laughs> yeah. out pretty well so That's far. Pretty good. When did you when did you go short Spirit? Was that a few days uh, ago? About a week. I think it was about a week ago um, or so. I short Spirit. I think I'm doing okay there. So. And then I uh, am long, and I have to give our someone random in our community. Now it's hurting me today. It's down today, but I went long wheat w e a t. Uh, I think it was last week, and that has been just insane. Uh, but that is down today. That's down like eleven percent today. So that's that's come back. 
but so the most story of my other is, uh, what, like eleven percent of the nation's, or I'm sorry, the world's wheat production comes from Ukraine. Maybe combo yes. with Ukraine and Russia. Yeah, but but here's the thing, guys. I'm not a hundred percent hedge. I'm like I I calculated it. And it basically put me at like a 70% hedge on my portfolio, which is a lot. That's the most hedge I've ever been. Pretty much the only other time I've done anything like that was like, you know, during early in the pandemic. And it's not because I'm confident the market's going to drop. That's not what this is about. Like, I do not have conviction that this is a market yeah. short or that I should be shorting the market. I just had to make a tough call that I, I would rather lose on the, on the initial upside if the market snaps back hard, and it can, I'm willing to lose that money to ensure that I can live through this period. Because I, I think it's just, do you agree that it's just too hard to predict the macro environment right now between the war and- Yeah, that's why I haven't, I've been, I've been kind of sitting idle, losing money every day, watching my portfolio's total balance just dwindle. I actually put a hedge on this morning at the absolute worst time because I see the uh, QQQ is uh, is ticking up, but I put a short on the QQQ, worst possible time. But if you look at my portfolio, it is so heavily QQQ style stocks, right? I don't, uh, it's not directly, but those are, those are the stocks that I hold. My biggest holdings are Tesla, Amazon, Apple, NVIDIA, those kind of stocks, right? And those are QQQ all the way. So rather than trying to find a way to short those individual stocks or puts or something like that where you're paying the premium. I just uh, put a short on that. And it's, uh, <laughs> of course, I, that that's the one thing that'll turn the market around. And I'm not, a, I'm not fully uh, hedged. It's not like I, you know, put my entire uh, net worth in a short position. Um, but it's a little something just to ease the pain on some of these stocks. Can, can I say uh, it's so nice to see you right now? My number one pretty much my number one stock out on uh, lithium America. We talk about all the time. That is, it's up 9% today. I love seeing that. Dave, have you, are you in, have you gotten in lithium yet? Lithium no, America yet? I didn't. I've, I've considered it so many times, it? but it's, Oh, there's just too many gosh. uncertainties with the whole into that right now. I know, but with everything going on right now, like how, how does this not just scream positive, tailwinds for lithium america energy independence around battery tech and electrification of the energy grid i'm like gosh if there's one thing that everybody can agree upon it's the only thing that comes to mind right now like it other than potentially you know just generalized increased military spending right which again is a political issue that not everybody's going to really agree upon but I don't know, man. I just yeah, feel I didn't, like... I, I didn't get into any of the war stocks, any of the defense stocks, um, because th those are not companies that I would want to hold long-term anyway. And, and my feeling is that uh, this isn't going to have as big of an impact here at home. And it's... Uh, I mean, I should have. I should have shorted those uh, Russian ETFs and... Yeah, and, some, and I think we should uh, say LAC has been even, crushed so the, this week, right? RSX isn't even trading that. And so I don't know what happens if you short it and it stops trading or you just tied up. I, I don't know. And so maybe it was a good idea to not short it. Well, if you short yeah, it, I, and it, yeah, I, I don't know. If it goes to zero, you just 
it's not, it's not zero. It still has the <laughs> price from what, like last Thursday or something like that. But for the last yeah. two days, it's not trading. Just can't do anything. So I don't know if you it. can get your uh, money out of. It. That's a that's a good question. That's that would require some due diligence. <laughs> that would require some due diligence. <laughs> This one too. I, That's why this when something is re- that crazy, I don't touch it. Right when it's gone want, down I'll, that much, you know, it's it's not a time to. I I want to read an interesting story headline here on lithium actually. And by the way, lithium America's as someone commented, it got crushed this week. It was down ten percent in the last few days. So, I, but again, I I, I wish I would have bought more. Um, I just didn't have the energy to buy go long anything else right now, but. <laughs> Uh, Chile edges closer to nationalizing copper and lithium. So lithium names fell on Monday, and this could be part of why Lithium America fell, right? Lithium names fell in Monday's trading after Chile's uh, constituent assembly in charge of writing the country's new constitution approved an early stage proposal that would open the door to nationalizing some of the world's biggest copper and lithium mines, okay? Which is fascinating, but again, you kind of see, oh, this is interesting. In that same article, now Chile is the world's top copper producer and host to two biggest lithium miners and is rewriting its constitution to replace a market-centric document. Uh, lithium America said a week ago it was considering a potential separation of its U.S. and Argentina operation. Now, you see where this is going, guys. Like, Every one of these countries is going to get to a point, I think, where they're going to nationalize in some way their battery supply chain and electrification of their energy grid. Um, It's just so key. And you have a company like Lithium America that has the ability to split. And that was why the stock went down a week ago, because people were so freaked out when they said they were going to split the company in two. I was like, why are you worried about that? It's a good thing. They see how this is going. America is going to want to give crazy money and support to a pure play American lithium company. And same thing in Argentina, right? Like they're going to want to support a company that is solely focused on that country's lithium supply. So it's a beautiful and necessary move, I think. It's where everything's headed. And I just see it so clearly and I, I just it still stuns me that the market is not at a place where it can really jump on this thesis yet because of everything happening in the world. But everything that's happening is a tailwind. It's not a headwind. We're just not ready to talk about it yet because we're in the, the, this mess of war, right? And we're just looking yeah. at what's right in front of our face. Well, what I'm looking at right in front of my face is that all of the averages are now in the green and Bitcoin is in the green. And like, was that the bottom? <laughs> did you did know, all it take was me going short to uh, to trigger <laughs> the market turnaround? Who knows if it was the bottom, but it was a bottom. <laughs> yeah, you know, like I, I thought about this, like, because we, we were... We were going to do the show yesterday, and we didn't. I'm like, by the time we do this show, it's going to be a positive day, and the show's going to look so bad uh, with the headline. But, but I, I don't thing, care. Right? That's not I mean, what it's about. Know, so like, this is a bounce. It's, I mean, it's straight up, so it looks like short covering. Um, I mean, I could be wrong. Who knows? But uh, I, I would be looking to get into a hedge if keep cruising up another couple percent. Well, well, Jordan, I think this gets down to the same thing I've been saying. I just don't have any sense of of how the markets are reacting right now in this yeah. macro scene and and, it, and it's going to jump it's been jumping like this i mean 
think about the insane jump we had. Was it a week ago? I mean, yeah. just unbelievable. And what was that followed up with? I when, when I when I look at people that I really you know have a lot of respect for in the market, and I look at their sentiment and and their vibe. Not that you could really trust anyone in these scenarios because you know it's it's just really hard to predict. But but I I don't really see a lot of good fundamental reasons uh, for people to be getting overhyped or excited or over bullish in the very near term future. I think we need to see light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to some of these scenarios. And I just don't think we're going to see it this week. I can't imagine we see it next week, but I could be wrong. I'm willing to slowly get out of the hedge as soon as I see that there could be some light at the end of the tunnel, is I, I need to see an but out. Think, but think about and what so that tunnel actually has ahead of it, though, because we know that interest rates are going up. <laughs> okay, like, did true. we forget we, that? Did, did a single Biden speech about oil and how we're like not going to buy Russian oil and we're the only ones in the world doing that? Is that the bottom? Or did we forget I, that Powell's going to raise rates and we have uh, CPI data coming out on Thursday and like, there's so many things leading up to, I think, a re recession. By some numbers, we're right. in a recession. I, I'm with Dave. I think that this Russia thing is a distraction from what's actually going on in markets. I mean, uh, if you think not about to it, say it's not important. I do think it's vitally yeah. important. Um, but it has dominated the headlines. There's some economic things going on that uh, are going to be headwinds for the markets for the next. Uh, OK, OK, agreed. But I do think there are some areas of the market that are set to completely flourish, like on fire and i think that i want to, i want to have a separate episode on this but again the travel data is i mean you can't even wrap your head around how big this travel boom even in light of a recession i mean I, it seems crazy right like like could no, i don't have... disagree with you i think travel is one place that you could go i do think that this issue in europe is going to be a headwind for european travel um at least to some extent right so it's not going to be quite as good as it could be if it weren't yeah. for you know the Russian invasion, well, no, but but what I'm getting at is assume and this is a huge assumption. If if we can somehow like calm the the Russian Ukraine situation, like at some point if we start to see light at the end of the tunnel and they reach some sort of agreement to where the fighting is going to essentially end, like the like the worst once we could take the worst case scenario off the table and be like, hey, the fighting is going to end. We're just now going to have like a miserable, you know, situation over there as they kind of work through a rebuild. I don't know, man. I, I feel like Europe has not, we talked about this, they haven't traveled in two years. You know, we've at least, we've been to Florida and we've done domestic stuff, right? Here in the US, everyone's kind of figured out a way to domestically travel during the, the pandemic, or a lot of people have, but dude, when it comes to traveling to Mexico, uh, traveling to the Caribbean, those places have been kind of like completely shut down for the, not completely shut down, a lot harder to travel the last 18 months um, for all kinds of reasons. And right now you see people just dying to get back to those areas of the world to do the traditional big vacations, right? The big summer vacations. I think prices are, we're gonna see pricing that we have never seen before. Uh, in some of these areas where you have demand elasticity of let's call it the top two to three percent, right? The top two to three percent that are willing to spend insane amounts of money 
to get at these beach resorts. What am I getting back to you guys? Playa, my Playa. favorite recovery but stock. It's not just, right? Playa. just it's Like all of the uh, hotel stocks that I track are up big right now. Airbnb up 7%. Yeah. I mean, it, it's pulled back a lot, but I mean, these, these are big moves today. And the thought is, is this going to be some kind of uh, anomaly recession where we stop spending on luxury goods and stop spending on, uh, we're rethinking how much gas we're using and we're spending less money in those areas, but we're still going on crazy vacations? Yeah, Has I that ever know. happened in the history of recessions? I, I don't think so. I do want to address, okay, so Gregor Wilden says, wrong, Europe has traveled within... Big time wrong view. I I, I, I don't I, I don't really see that. When I look at all the data in Europe, I don't see that Europe has been traveling uh, to the same degree. It looks like their travel has been way way down the last year. If you just look at Europe, they have been closed. I mean, I I'm t okay, let me give you an example. In Italy, because I have a trip plan to Italy, so many resorts in Italy have been closed completely closed down the last year and a half and still some of them are completely closed they yet haven't even reopened yet it's unbelievable uh how many places have just been shuttered restaurants have been shuttered until very recently um the ability to seat people in across europe the ability to um i i don't i don't know where that comment is coming from it doesn't align with the data that i've seen so then Steve Smith says, we have not been traveling. I, I, I would agree, not even close. So uh, so it, thanks, Jenks. I travel every three months, every year. I haven't had a holiday in two years. I'm telling you guys, I think we've been talking about the roaring 2020s. To the, and then every time we talk about it, it doesn't happen. It fizzles out. So we get a, we get a COVID uh, you know, strain, a new strain coming out to like just poop on our thesis. But... I, maybe this is the summer, and I feel like the longer we go without having it, the, I mean, the bigger it's going to be once we finally get it back. I don't know. That That's my thesis. So I think it will be interesting to have a recessionary period when you could actually find an area, a growth area, of a growth sector to invest in. And that's kind of what I'm excited about is I think a lot of the money will pour in. Imagine having a recession where everyone is kind of coming off their earnings estimates, except for an unconventional sector that normally would also be coming off, that's actually going into high growth. Do you not see the market just pouring their cash into that sector as a result? Because it's so odd and unconventional that that would even happen. And and by the way, it's not the type of thing where, oh, travel is going to be hot for a few months and then simmer down. We've said it a hundred times. I think that I think the travel comeback is a multi-year opportunity, right? I, I think these resorts are stacked for years. Literally, we're talking years. So, like, let's not forget about that thesis. Yeah, people don't just, just book, because, you know, Italian vacations for the same year. A lot of times, they're planning them a year, years out. A hundred percent. Also, you know, I'm not going to get into the whole cruise thing because, like, yeah, but I, I, I think I didn't think these lines have been completely hammered, hammered with dilution. Um, now they're getting it hammered with fuel pricing. Although I will say this, diesel fuel has not been hit nearly as hard. It doesn't look like as regular fuel. Oh, is that my playa chart? That's your See, playa. That's so it it rockets and then pulls back, and then rockets and then pulls back. 
Well, you know, that pullback is the war pullback, Dave. Like, that's the thing. So when you look at that chart, you know what I think of? I think if we could just get through this scare, like, or not even get through, because I think the ply is going to do fine even with it. Like, we're going, I think we're going right back to the peak of that chart and beyond. So I don't see how we're not. Again, like, I, I had a plan of vacation to Turks and Caicos, and the amount of money they are charging, and they are completely sold out. The amount of money that they're charging is completely obscene. Uh, obscene. I mean, obscene. Like, like you know the rack, the rate that they put on the back of the door at the hotel that they never <laughs> yeah, actually charge? That, that, that fake there rate that's always... Place... <laughs> <laughs> there are some places that I feel are charging close to that right now, and they'll be able to get close to that rate for maybe in the next couple of years. Completely ridiculous. So diesel is 530 crypto trucker, but I looked at diesel over the past few weeks and it looks like it only went up like 50 cents. That's not nearly as much. Yeah, as I don't keep track of diesel, people. but I mean, so it's complicated, right? Because you use different oil grades for different products. Um, and also there's, it's not just the oil price. There's also refineries and things like that that get involved in the whole thing. So. I, I don't know enough about that to speak, but it's it's just more well, listen, of a complicated I, scenario I, than... Uh... I, I, I'm looking at it because I'm shorting Royal Caribbean short term, right? And I, yeah. I was thinking, oh, diesel's got to go... But they can the use a waiting. cheaper grade of diesel than we can in uh, automobiles, correct? Don't they use pretty low... Because, like, you know, years ago, um, basically we had some standards that came in, like we had to have more refined diesel than we used to. And I think the cruise lines and all the shipping... Um, companies might still run on a kind of a cheaper grade of diesel. Yeah, but it still should be going up, right? I would right. imagine. With yeah, all this. relatively, it should go up. Yeah. I, I, I was just checking, you know, and my, I was checking diesel because, you know, Lynn's doing his yacht trip and he's freaking out about diesel. So I was checking for him uh, diesel price in the Bahamas because that's where he has to refill his yacht is in the Bahamas. And it's like, yeah, it's like five, five something a gallon but he says it's always five something a gallon so that that that's like i'm like wait it's always five so it hasn't gone she's like no it's always like upper fours to five bucks a gallon down there anyway uh i don't know i don't know uh i listen the point is i don't know i don't know how this is going to play out over the next few weeks but we have all these scenarios and our best case scenario is them coming to a peaceful stop war resolution that it looks like what that resolution will be is putin taking a part of the ukraine to the south and east right uh the russian speaking you know pieces and then you know some sort of demilitarization of ukraine and then ukraine uh you know essentially promising not to join nato is, is that is that correct is that kind of the thesis on the best case scenario do you think ukraine agrees to that unless they're losing so bad that russia has taken over everything like how does that even happen that's what i don't know right because if, if, on one hand you could stop the conflict maybe they get they're allowed to join the eu but they can't join nato but then there's no protection for them anywhere down the line if something like this comes back up right and so you know if i'm ukraine i want to i want to be a part of nato um now it's complicated right so like what What's that process look like? Is NATO, NATO's already said that they're not going to allow them to join, but I don't know if it's a temporary thing or if that's, you know, I, I just don't know. Um, but do yeah. you see that scenario? I think that, that, that 
comment that just went through is don't expect anything soon. I think this is going to be yeah. a long, prolonged uh, unknown, and markets hate unknowns. I think that's the, the biggest risk that we have for the market. And I don't think that there's going to be a solution in days to weeks. I think it's going to be months to years. Um, so Stephen Malik says Oliver Stone did a detailed interview with Putin. I would love to actually see. He said if you want to get into this mindset, it's an interesting watch. I would. I will def. I'm going to watch that. Thank you. I'm going to watch that today because I think that is where you can generate the most alpha. Whoever can get into Putin's mindset the most. Uh, and, and I saw an interview with a lady who wrote the biography or autobiography on on Putin. Uh, and her outlook was doom and gloom. I mean, if you if you believe her, and I guess she knows him pretty well, she wrote the book on him. Guys, it's not it's it, 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 it it's it's not good. It's not good. And no, I'm not on his yacht. Your mom. It says her name is your mom. <laughs> I'm not on his yacht. Dave goes on the yacht. So yell at Dave. He's the rich person problem here. Is Dave? Dave goes yachting with him. I I, I do not. I just go on normal trips I've, to Turks. I've only I've only been on this yacht one time, and we didn't even take it out. We didn't even burn any fuel. I mean, they burn fuel to get to the dock where I went. But what did you What did you do? You just hung out. My am I? You just went on the yacht and stayed docked. Is that the yeah, deal? Like, yeah. I mean, we yeah. What we, was that all about? It was for a charity event, and uh, they put the dock as a part of this like wine and dine yacht hopping party in Miami. <laughs> You're not helping your case, Fort Dave. Waterdale. <laughs> You're not helping your case. You are no longer relatable, Dave. What are you talking about? I've never been relatable. You know this. We're, we're, <laughs> the three of us are have got to be the least relatable uh, people on YouTube. Dude, no, no way. I keep it real, dude. I, oh, I do keep you? it real. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, in this, in, in the shot that I see right now, I see probably eight hundred dollars worth of tennis shoes. It's the nicest thing I own. <laughs> it's literally the only nice thing. Oh, it just went up to sixteen hundred dollars. I I took a wider shot. <laughs> uh, every man here, I've got a four dollar and ninety five cent hat on right. Well, yeah, you you're you're a lunatic, dude. You could be worth fifteen billion dollars, and you would still be like tweaking tweaking your, I don't know, your electricity components in your house to save two dollars a month. Which My electric bill last month, seventy-five dollars. <laughs> good for you. Or, oh, wait, for God. your whole house? Yeah, yeah. How's that but, even possible? Yeah, but 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 by, by the way, someone said I bet Kevin relates. Yes, if having been to meet Kevin's house, that guy is not extravagant at all. He lives a very very normal life his 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 studio his studio makes my studio look like a mansion here he, he his closet is less than half the size of my closet where he lives 12 hours a day and yeah very modest lifestyle that guy for a guy that made he's public right how much he made last year I think he said obscene. like twenty million dollars last. Twenty twenty million dollars, <laughs> and he oh and he God. still lives in a four by four room, oh and he owns God. more houses than anyone I know. But he, yeah, he doesn't his, he doesn't his, live his, there. He, they're all investments. Everything he does is an investment. You, you walk into his house, and all you think is this is just very Americana, just very very normal. Kids running around, nothing ex nothing extravagant going on. In that house, uh, for a guy that's making twenty million dollars, um, deep suburbs too, deep suburbs. Of it. Uh, all right, so 
earn you know there is an earnings call that i'm thinking about trading <clears throat> but i haven't come to a conclusion and i i inquired with my guy my my build-a-bear guy because build-a-bear earnings are thursday morning okay really and as i said build-a-bear data looks pretty good so far from what i can see it looks pretty good but i really want to hear from we have a build-a-bear kind of like expert in our community oh here he goes here's what he said he said uh i asked him this morning what do you think about build-a-bear feeling pretty good still need to do a bit more research before deciding about adding to my position g trends and social chatter look good are you able to pull web traffic in the next day or so yeah i feel like i might have done that on the last show but i'll i'll pull build-a-bear i'll i'll pull the web stats right now to see where they are year over year because I feel like, man, talk about a stock that's held up well. Dave, did you see their chart? Through all this madness, Build-A-Bear completely... I mean, yeah, they're, they're, they're just trading in the same range here. Yeah. It, it, yeah, I, I did... I up 40%, down 40%. <laughs> yeah. All within three months. By the way, you know what is not held up well? One of our other favorite stocks, Crocs. Fleet Oh, no, that's a disaster. I mean, I, I guess it kind of makes sense because they... How do you make Crocs? Oil, right? Don't, don't you just, like, pour oil into a machine and it spits out a pair of Crocs? Is that basically what happens? Is that what Jordan, happens? Do I, I don't think you're that an engineer, that's... Jordan, is that how they make Crocs? No. No, I mean, it's, so it's, there's a chemical company that will transform that oil into, you know, whatever... Uh, weird foam <laughs> they use but yeah it's, it's definitely petroleum based i did sell so, some crocs on the way down here the the, the web traffic quarter over quarter is not the thing awesome right in the, and with crocs it doesn't matter how well they're doing right now all that matters is when the call comes on what are they going to guide what's happening with their costs and that's all anybody cares about and even if you yeah, you could have so the true. best quarter ever and you're going to get smoked because uh because your costs are going up or because you're unsure about what's going to happen next quarter. And that's kind of the MO of everybody right now. The companies yeah, that are I, able to say, right. we see we see growth increasing, go up. Yeah. Even if they miss earnings. And then we see the companies that blow out and beat earnings say, well, we're having a supply chain issue. Or we think our customers are uh, not buying quite as much next quarter as this quarter. They right, drop so that's 30%. why I think the web traffic in the you know, what's happened this last quarter is one dimension of what's going on. But I'll just be careful here. Uh, yeah. you know, it could just be the timing, also. Like we get to a certain level and everyone starts shorting the spy again. You know, I don't. Yeah, but this is why we can't really be effective social arb traders right now, um, yeah. because you can't really trade on a piece of information that is more than likely connected to demand for a product or demand for a service or a sector when there are other variables and we talk about this all the time that are more important than the variable we're trading because we could be right that you know there's been a major consumer shift from this product to this product or this brand to this brand right but if they're having massive supply chain issues or they're cost right is running amok like that is going to trump the data that we're trading as social arb traders and it makes our lives miserable it's it, this is a really tough time to be a social arb trader sorry i'm placing a trade right now i just realized I, I'm, I'm just I, I need i'm getting out of wheat i'm getting out of wheat because like i saw oh, the limit wheat down by the way limit what? down on the 11 uh, what's yeah, limit down wheat i just saw a tweet oh i know yeah, yeah, yeah. I just saw a tweet. I'm like, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I did okay in wheat. I just sold off my wheat. I'm out. 
So, um, sorry, I had to do that. Do I need to uh, cover anyway. my short position? What's, what is going on with this market? Oh, oh, let's talk about the Coinbase NFT. Okay, I'm going to delay our conversation on Coinbase uh, NFT. I hear it's launching pretty soon. Uh, I don't have final thoughts on it yet. I'm, I'm spending a lot of time on Coinbase. This, uh, I promise to discuss it. On, we might do our NFT episode tomorrow, actually, if you guys are around. And if we do it tomorrow, I'll discuss Coinbase as well at that time. Uh, yeah, Coin, Coinbase just, is interesting and if if we're thinking that their nft marketplace is going to be a reason i i don't is is right now a good time for them to come out with an nft marketplace doesn't that seem like uh you would want to wait for the nft bear market to end i think we've already been through like well, five oh, bear, bear markets in right nfts well, yeah in I the last 12 months really, we've been through five bear markets i have really strong feelings about the nft bear market how i plan to trade it this has been on my mind 24-7. It's a huge folk area of focus for me. I can't wait to do that show. So let's put a hold on that conversation uh, because I actually feel that you know the NFT, let's call it the NFT winter or crash or bear market just might be the largest opportunity uh, for traders in, in NFT. Um, oh, by the way, Martin uh, Georgiev, I probably butchered that. I apologize. Says the Apple Live is starting in 15 minutes. Uh, yes, I have it pulled up already. Is that? Hey, Dave, are we getting the new MacBook Airs for this event? Um, so here's the thing: we should we should get a uh, new iPad Air. We should get the new phone SE, and we thought that that was going to be it. But then all the leakers figured out overnight that they're coming out with Chris on the edge of his seat. They're coming out with a new. Uh, Mac mini looking computer that's called the Mac Studio and it's t it's like two or three uh, Mac minis stuck together in a single case. It looks really cool. It's going to be better specs. I think that this is not their next um, MacBook or Mac Pro, you know, the super expensive one, but I think yeah. they're going to announce some specs that rival the Pro yeah. in a form factor that's way smaller like and a at a price that is a fraction device. of the price. Say it again? Might be like a prosumer type device. I think that's what it is. I think it's geared yeah. towards creators and coders and people who don't need a ten thousand dollar Mac to render a movie, but yeah. they would really benefit from the speed. I would get one for this live stream, even though this, this whole thing runs perfectly say, but, off of a of an air. Um, but Dave, do you need that for the live stream? Because it seems like we've been doing fine off of you. No, I don't need it. Setup. I don't need it at all. I just. If it's an Apple product that comes out, you know I'm getting it, right? <laughs> if they announce, and in, in addition to that, so it's it's new hardware and a new Mac Studio monitor. So you know their super expensive monitor that ha is like six yeah. grand, and the stand it's, it's the stand alone is a thousand dollars. So we're expecting yeah. now a twenty-seven inch inch uh, display that is almost like the uh, the iMac style but refined color match to the yeah. new uh, Mac Pro. I can't believe that... I, I was so excited about being surprised by something, but all the leakers figured it out. And that's I, what... It, they, the, the event is I called uh, Peak Performance, like peep, peaking, peak performance. And we're thinking that they're, uh, they're basically talking about their high performance All I want Mac. is a new... MacBook, why can't they come out with the new Air, dude? Like this, um, my MacBook is literally. 
They have I a MacBook put it on Air. Ice. They have a beautiful MacBook Air. No, I want the new. No, I'm waiting for the new chi- the new one with the new M2. They I have a MacBook. M2 they have a MacBook Pro with an M1 Pro Max available, no, and then they have a the... MacBook Air. Chris, with I'm with M1. you. I'm waiting to get one for Adrian. She wants the new Air. I'm Chris, so they, addicted they, that to the computer. Old they have dis- they discontinued that like eight years ago. But They're no they, longer doing just a MacBook. It's now a Pro or an Air, not just a normal MacBook. But I heard that the new Air, when it does come out, is going to be slightly thinner than this last. This is Air, the new Air. Which... This is the new Air. This is just the M1 no. version. They no, don't have an M2. No, no. On the Air day, they just it hasn't yeah, come out yet. They're they're but going it's... to they're redesigning it. They're redesigning. Oh, this that is getting era. a little warm for a M1. Chip. I'm have to, I, I think I need to upgrade my uh, system. This is a little bit too warm. Okay, I'm Dave. Have to buy Dave a new since, today. since I started trading NFTs, this is not a joke. Anytime I have OpenSea open, I have to put an ice pack under my laptop because after 15 minutes of of, of trading NFTs, this will literally overheat to the point where I'll get the little warning message on. But you and know it says that you got to shut down Windows. That's like like an eight-year-old computer. Yeah, I know. Which is I why, would expect why is it, it to require so an ice pack. The, the new air. It's run That's by an old. That I believe that that computer was actually the same chip. It was the first time they put a mobile chip in a computer. Long before Apple Silicon was a thing, they yeah. put a uh, yeah. an iPhone chip yeah. in the computer to run it. Yes. Yeah. And then they right. stopped doing that. And you it's you kept it's fa- it. It's fanless. There, there's no fan in this computer, right? This there's is no the fan first fanless. No fan in the new Airs either. Apple. You should you should at least get uh, a new Air to stopgap you until they come out with the one you really want, and then you trade it in. They have going, they have a great trade-in program. I'm too cheap. If I was going to do that, I would take one of my kids' Airs because they barely use them and just use that. But I just I I, I just want my own computer. I'm just gonna wait. I'm gonna wait it out. It's going to happen this year. I know that it will happen this year. I just don't know when. So whatever. It'll it'll probably be the fall Any, event. That's when they normally do their uh, MacBook, their big um, dramatic MacBook stuff, along with the iPhone. 13, I, I think 14, we will maybe do a 15. show on own, <laughs> on running Onan. I call it Onan because that's the symbol. O N O N N. March eighteenth earnings. I kind of do want to do a show before then. We might do one on on running because it's interesting to me. I mean, they're honestly got. Here's the thing. There are a lot of stocks that are starting to be interesting to me right now. Like I, I just, but not. We, we got to get through this. We got to get through this, Mark. We, we got to through. So my my takeaway from today's episode is everyone has to make a decision. Everyone has to make a decision. How much are you willing to give up in terms of initial upside, if and when this thing starts to rebound because of one of the scenarios taking place? Uh, it's in. How much are you willing to give up in order to protect yourself against one of the one or more of the scenarios? So I think there's more than one scenario, right? That's a, that's downside from here. I think yeah. the downside scenario here could be Russia, Ukraine, further just continuing to do what they've been doing, like every day for the next month, right? Next six weeks. That's a downside. I think the other downside is continued negative information on supply chain or inflation. Uh, or bad news out of the Fed. Like, there's a lot of downsides. I'm not willing to take much more of a hit from here. I can take single digits. Uh, I don't want to take a 20% hit from here, 25, 30% hit from here. And I'm willing to give up upside for that. But that's my decision, right? We're not advisors. That's my decision. I think everyone in the community needs to make their own decision on how much they think it's worth hedging. You're giving up upside. You can't have it every way. You just can't. 
and that's the thing. Like, don't let anyone no, tell you. You could that you only can have, have it. it you could only have it every way when the Fed was pumping money into the market. When <laughs> yeah. interest rates yeah. are zero, you can have you can have uh, unlimited stock gains. But as soon as that turns, and we're about to see a quarter point, and we're going to see another quarter point, and it's going to, if we're going to stop inflation, it's going to have to be more than the two or three percent that we think we get to. We're going to get higher in, interest rates to deal with this inflation. Uh, well, Dave. And stocks hate high interest rates. Um, by the way, no, I took my chlorine out of the garage because of Jordan. And it's still sitting in my side yard. Uh, someone commented on my chlorine. The chlorine garage. situation is a top concern for most. I, I saw that your uh, pool is swimmable now. I saw, a, uh, I saw a post. It, it's swimmable. Uh, and the landscaping isn't not, done two years later. It's, but. N- it's not street legal yet. Uh, it's, we're still in violation <laughs> of city code. Uh, we are in the process of cutting out stones to be three feet from the property line. That uh, should happen this week. And then we have landscaping, and then we'll be done. I, I, I think we'll be done, Dave, within a month. So, like, call it mid-April. We should do a fine. dumb money live from your backyard as soon as that is done. It, and the weather should it be is perfect a tro- by then. It is a tropical oasis. Even now, I, I think Amy put a pic on Instagram or something. Is that the deal? Is that That's what one saw I saw, it? yeah. Yeah, it, 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 it looks... I mean, it, it's you can see it's, it's starting to come around. Uh, we just have no landscaping. There's no greenery on it, but I'm pretty pumped. It's only been a two-year build. <laughs> two years. Two full years. I'm, really I'm cool. hoping to uh, to see it completed this year. Uh, Yeah. Guys, uh, Ta- I, I am concerned about Tap Molson Coors. I know they've been on a run, but like I feel like the whole wheat situation bothers me. Like, even a slight increase in wheat uh, kind of bugs me. On the positive side, remember, like, Molson Coors is going to benefit huge as soon as Europe gets up and going, right? Like, that's, yeah. that's I think, why, partially why we're seeing this comeback, is we've always said when the economy comes back in Europe, Molson Coors is going to run really hard. When the economy comes back in the U.S., same thing. Like, the whole Zoa Energy and Topa Chico hard seltzer, those are like additional accelerators for the brand. But even without those, uh, Molson Coors is like a value play on the recovery, right? It's like it, no one realizes that, but like it's a value play on the recovery. People going to concerts, going to sporting events, going out. What do you think they serve at all that stuff? Coors Light. And Miller Lite, right? Like that's what they serve. <laughs> that's why I loved Tap, is because it was the ultimate recovery play, and you also get the social arb from two the key Topo products. Chico on top of and, and the Zoe and the Zoe Energy, right? Yeah. So like you you got to play it both ways, which is why I love that. Um, bros, I'm still nervous about Bros until March 14th, which is the lockup. Like that's ca- happening next week. So when that lockup is over, if bros well, also drop, gas prices, you got less money to spend on your latte, Chris. Yeah, that's that's now Jordan. That's what we see in recessions: is people spend less on things that are discretionary. That's historically okay, what we see. Does it count for drugs? Does it count for drugs? Because coffee is a drug, and I, I, I'm I'm just saying that. Like, listen, in your own kitchen, it's the same drug. What? You get it in your kitchen, and it oh, costs oh, a tenth of the price. Oh, I just saw okay, a, a but headline that McDonald's people are is irrational, Jordan, when it comes to drugs, and 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 we know we know that alcohol 
I don't think suffers in a recession. So why would nicotine? Alcohol I mean, nicotine doesn't, why would probably, right? And so you can get the same alcohol and just have it in your refrigerator and you don't have to go to a bar and spend the two, three, four X markup. But people's habits when it comes to the way they consume their drugs, uh, I'm not sure. I think it's all I'm saying, Jordan, is I feel that it's an irrational kind of like consumer behavior, perhaps. Well, that may, I'm not saying I have the data. Will affect what the consumer is able to. It's not what they're willing; it's what they're able to spend at the end of right. And so I, maybe they I, keep I using know, the same drugs, alcohol and coffee, but they can consume I, them at home instead of consuming them at a really expensive location. I, but I know you might be right. I'm not saying you're not. Is it? I just pulled up an article. Is coffee recession? Yeah. I'm just. I don't know. I I just feel like like the little things in life because it's like it's just we know that four dollars a day is a stupid thing to spend. I mean, if Graham were on right now, he would go off right on four dollars a day. But I think when it comes to drugs, people are irrational. That's all I'm saying. And I think. That coffee might be recession proof. Are coffee shops recession proof? So the answer to the question, this is just Google. The answer to the question is yes and no. Coffee will thrive regardless of the economic problems we face, but sellers will have to adjust their sales strategy to survive in a fluctuation. Well, that doesn't answer my question. Is it or that is it not That doesn't answer your question proof? at all. I was just looking to see if uh, coffee was mm. among all of, you know, how commodities uh, are yeah. up on everything. Uh, coffee actually isn't up. It's actually, if you look at, uh, it's been tapering off a little bit. I mean, we're at five-year highs, but... Uh, well, really, so we're not looking oh, at the wait. price of coffee. We're looking at the price of gas affecting consumer being able to then go buy exactly. at a restaurant. Jordan, looking for a recession-proof business? Open a coffee shop. In a recession, coffee shop posts a 13% rise in revenue. Open more than 400 outlets. Now, this might be an ad for a, for a coffee yeah, it sounds franchise. Like <laughs> You're being Here's a link to click if you'd like to sign up. I think I think there's something here. I, I'm going to stick with my thesis, as unproven as it is, that irrational consumer behavior as it relates to addictive drugs <laughs> are, are recession-proof, including coffee. So I am going to... I am still planning... To, I don't know how much I'm going to buy more of bros, but if they can survive the lockup, I think it's on the 14th, I think I'm going to probably buy more bros because I think it might be a really nice recession proof. I'm going to do the research first. Okay. I'm going to make sure that I'm right about I'm this. I'm not. I'm not as excited about bros as you are. <laughs> All right. But I am you excited about this Apple event that's starting in two minutes. Got my Fine. Apple uh, chart pulled up. <laughs> oh, shoot. Okay. Well, well, you can watch the Apple event. And uh, what is this? Someone. Chewing gum goes up 17% during a recession. Muhammad Islam. Is that That's true? Awesome. That is odd. Awesome. Is that because that doesn't make sense to me? Is that because people are eating less so they're chewing more? That doesn't make sense to me, but I don't know. Look into it. Also, I haven't had chewing gum in a decade. Uh, well, once I realized that chewing gum all has chemicals in it, you know, I just had interest yeah. in it. Um, all right, Dave, let's cut this so you can watch your Apple event. Just tell me if they mention anything about the new uh, MacBook, please. No. I guarantee you I they will. will. Look into but if they do, I Rin, will let you I'll know. Okay. But I would right. I would recommend buying something in the meantime. Because it's, right. I mean, you've waited eight years. It's fine. 
Guys, can you All please right. give us a thumbs up before you leave today? We very much appreciate it. Um, and we'll come back, I think, with an NFT episode next. Uh, we'll see you soon. Okay, thanks.